And we're back with vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, talking about Omicron. Dr. Gorfinkel, before the break, you mentioned it's in 23 countries and counting now. Uh, Talk to us, if you could, a bit about the world reaction to Omicron that it was based or discovered in South Africa. So this is it. South Africans are reasonably upset because, hey, they were just the messenger, essentially. We don't actually know what country it originated in. And if you take a look at the map of Africa, they've basically drawn a line at the bottom tip. All of those countries are now excluded and people can't travel there anymore. And of course, these low-income countries greatly rely on income coming from other countries. But it's so complicated because the fact of the matter is what countries like Canada, like the U.S. are doing, we're just simply trying to buy a little bit of time. So two to three weeks, you know, we should have some idea how effective the antibodies induced by our current vaccines are going to be against that strain. It'll just give us a better chance, hopefully, to get boosters into more arms. I'm I'm incensed that you know time is going by. This is critical time, and we're waiting till Friday and et cetera. But but basically, it's just to buy that time. And as much as this is a story about a new variant, is this much more a story about vaccines and vaccine inequity and just how COVID truly is a worldwide problem, Dr. Gorfinkel? Absolutely. But on the other hand, when it comes to Africa, we should not be naive. If we think it's just a matter of, oh, Canada has to send a lot more vaccines to Africa and the problem will be solved, it's not going to be solved by that. There's significant vaccine hesitancy in Africa, but they struggle from a whole myriad of problems, including poor supply chains, lacking the cold storage for these vaccines, lacking the personnel to give the vaccines, and of course, dilapidated health systems. So, it, so there are a lot of struggles that really, if we were in, you know, intent on getting the vaccines into arms and Africans, it's a lot more complex than just sending them shots. What is your advice, uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, to those who are looking to travel, maybe in the next couple of weeks uh, for the holidays or over the next uh, few months to beat uh, the winter uh, cold? Is travel, is it still a good idea with this new variant out there? Well, you know, if you take a look at the CDC traveladvisory.gov, that's actually one of the best websites that I'm available that I know is available. And basically they break it down into different categories, very high risk, high risk, moderate risk, or low risk. You know, so that's a, a, a complicated question, but the bottom line is that's rapidly changing as Omicron is being identified in more and more countries. So we could easily see more restrictions in terms of quarantine. So where's Canada at right now? Well, if you're a foreign national, it's going to be a tough gig if you're coming from one of those countries in which Omicron has already been identified in. If on the other hand, you're a Canadian citizen and you're coming back, what's going to happen is you're going to get tested at the airport and you're going to be asked to stay in quarantine until you know that test is negative. But this is a rapidly changing game. 
And uh, I guess then your best advice for anybody who maybe is thinking about traveling in the next uh, few weeks and for the holidays then is just to uh, keep up to date, stay abreast of uh, what's happening, what the latest developments are, because again, this is just changing so quickly, so rapidly. Uh, we're learning new things each and every day about this new variant. And to your point that you mentioned, I think a couple of times here in your time with us this afternoon, is that we're going to know much more in the next week or two. Well, I wouldn't say week, but I'd say two to three weeks. Let's put it that way. And of course, if you can, get your booster shot. I think it's possible that some pharmacies are loosening up just a tiny bit, but unfortunately, the vast majority are sticking to their guns, you know, really tight, tight, tight to those, to those recommendations. And I'm sorry for it because I really believe now is the time we should be aggressively vaccinating individuals. Even Canada's Health Canada's definition of what constitutes fully vaccinated, question mark, is it really just two doses? I don't think many people would argue at this point it's actually a three-dose series, and that's at a minimum. Yeah. Do you think that that's ahead? I think obviously in the new year sometime, right? Sometime early in 2022, they're going to uh, have a date that uh, you're not considered fully vaccinated unless you've had a booster or a third shot by, say, I don't know, February 28th or something. It's fascinating what Health Canada does in in at least a little bit. It, it holds hands with what how the rest of the world identifies fully vaccinated. It's holding on to a somewhat antiquated definition. I think it's going to take time. But eventually we'll, we'll realize, you know, the concept of being fully vaccinated is actually a fool's folly. And the reason it is, is because there's too many things that are changing. As long as the world remains largely an unvaccinated place, consider that it, as we speak, only about one in 10 Africans has even one dose. Consider that for a moment. This is a pandemic of the world's unvaccinated. And every single case represents yet another opportunity for this easily mutating virus to mutate and create yet another variant of concern. All right. So having said that, let me ask you just finally, what is your take, medically speaking, on Canada's travel ban? Because that's been much debated the uh, last uh, few days, the last uh, week here. Just yesterday, Canada once again expanded the travel uh, ban. Do travel bans, again, medically speaking, do they work? Do they make sense? They make sense from the point of view of simply buying time. That's what it's about. We know, you know, Omicron is already in Canada. But if, you know, say you're doubling from five cases to 10 cases to 20, well, what if that number were 100 cases to 200 cases? You get the gist, you know? So if an airplane full of people lands and it happens to have a lot of Omicron on board, well, you're gonna have a much rapid, more rapid spread. So that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect of is we really need to buy that time in order to understand just how effective to the best that we can with the limited information we have, how effective are our current vaccines going to be? You know, that booster shot, to me, that's critically important for people to get that. I'm hoping to see much, you know, more generous guidelines on the part of NACI to give them. I get that it's, it's preventing hospitalization. I get that it's preventing death in the tune of 95%. But what greatly concerns me is Omicron. What's, you know, we, we need to get people right up to their best immunity possible prior to 
that becoming widespread. Yeah. And does that change Omicron? Does it change a pandemic going to an endemic in the timeline? I know the Ford government had said uh, a few weeks, uh, maybe even a month ago, that they were looking at the end of March, hopefully to ease all public uh, health restrictions. Are all bets off now because of Omicron? Oh, my gosh. The iris graphical crystal ball of Never mind what's going to happen in March. Like, I got to eat the humble pie yet again. <laughs> the, the iris graphical crystal ball on what's going to happen, even in the next month, is highly questionable. I've been so beaten down, as is every health expert. Let's just talk about where we are now. I have no idea what March will bring. I'm hopeful. I, as much as anybody else, want to see this pandemic coming to an end. But I'm also realistic. Mitigation works. Mitigation needs to continue. I get pandemic fatigue, but I also understand there could be holes in our vaccination now that make wearing that mask in public spaces, especially in closed public spaces, critically important. All right. We always appreciate the real talk. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel with us each and every Wednesday. Dr. Gorfinkel, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Many thanks. Vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.